episode 179 of the Parkrun Adventures podcast is coming at you. And I am inspired this week. Humans have no limits, basically. So the podcast has no limits. Nothing has any limits anymore. And to share in this joy and excitement with me, I have a co-host whose voice I'm sure you'll all recognize. It is the delightful Gary Murphy. Hello, Mel. Thanks for that lovely introduction. It's great to be here again, and I'm, I'm inspired too. Yeah, it was a big weekend, wasn't it, Gary? It was a big weekend, um, so all the big news is all over the media, but um, also Melbourne Marathon was on this weekend, and a lot of inspiring stories going on there of um, regular people doing their thing, doing their first marathons, and make, doing PBs, and all over the different distances, so inspired by all of those people. Yeah, is it, so is it technically the beginning, or like, close to the beginning of the marathon season and all the running festival seasons because I always felt like that was through winter, the Aussie winter, but maybe it's not. Maybe for the world it's through the Aussie summer. That's a good question. I don't know if there's an official season. There's so many great runs here in Melbourne all throughout the year, so um, there's always something to pick from. If you look at the running calendar, I think nearly every weekend there's a, a great run to, to go to when, when, when you're not doing parkrun, of course. Of course. Well, that's every weekend, isn't it? So, <laughs> well, let's let's start there then. Where did you parkrun on Saturday, Gary? Uh, this week I was at Laylor Parkrun in Melbourne. It's probably, ooh, probably 30, 40 minutes from the CBD. And probably the, the most significant landmark if people uh, were to recognise it would be if you're on the Craigieburn Bypass heading towards Sydney or back in towards Melbourne, there's a big rusty bridge and um, the Laylor Park Run uses part of or uses that bridge for part of their course. But unfortunately this week the, the event team turned up to do Park Run and, and the bridge was closed off. They were doing roadworks on or pathworks on the other side of the bridge. And so the team did a great job of um, rerouting the course and extending the, the turnaround point to make up the 5K and, um, and the event went, went ahead. Um, as if nothing had ever happened. Oh, are they cutting out a bit of the rust? <laughs> yeah, cutting out a bit of the rust. <laughs> so that, it was actually clever. The, the council had blocked it off on the close side so that the people didn't go across the bridge, which is probably about 100 metres, and then realised that they had to come back because the, the um, path was closed. So it was good in one way, but bad for, uh, for the park run, but it all worked out to the, for the best in the end. Nice, nice. Yeah, we, um, we've we interviewed Melissa from Laylor or a long time ago when it was just kicking off. Did you have a good morning? I had a great morning. Mel was there uh, on Saturday, Parkrun Day, and 55 of our other mates and eight, eight awesome volunteers. It was a really good morning for it. It was really not too hot and nice overcast sort of morning, no wind. A few people in town. From I met a lady from Newey Parkrun, Lorraine. She um she was in town. They were travelling around, and there was another couple of people from Huskisson Parkrun that were in town for the marathon festival. So that was um really good to meet them. And it's always good on running festival weekends. The, the volunteer list is always filled up pretty quickly. So a lot of people doing the, the run the day after. But I had a, a double dose Parkrun this week, Mel. I got to do Parkrun regular Parkrun. And then I was off to uh, a new park run starting up for a trial run called Aurora. Bonus park run time. Bonus park run. So that was really good. So it was quite it was quite a few from Laylaw headed over and helped help the team that are setting up out there that have done a really great job in getting to where they've got to so far. And we didn't have any issues or dramas and, and really looking forward to that one kicking off, getting another park run started up in the area. So, yeah, double dose. 
very lucky. It hasn't launched yet, but what can you tell us about the course? Well, I can tell you that it's it's flat. Mm. Um, it's friendly. <laughs> and it's, All right, wait before you before you continue. I want the rest of the adjectives you use to also begin with F. <laughs> um, it's fun, <laughs> uh, <laughs> fantastic. And it's a four-lapper. Oh, there you, well, see, there you go. You've managed to do it. I'm impressed. <laughs> we should do this every week. It's like, all right, describe your course in adjectives only beginning with J. Go. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like fun. It'll be a bit of a challenge, but it's a, a fun challenge. Yeah. Um, I think I think we'll have to work that in. Oh, well, that's very cool. A new event team to come and join in the family. Yes, and uh, they've got a bit of experience. They're, they're um, from Label Park Run, so they've got a bit of experience behind them. But um, being a new event team, they've got a lot of support from regular park runners. And, yeah, it's, it's really exciting and, and quite looking forward to it. Cool. Well, uh, we had uh, only one park run to attend, I'm afraid, on the weekend. And actually, it was pouring rain here so I ended up leaving Adam and the boys snuggled up warm in their beds as I chuffed off to Kiwana to run direct on Saturday morning. This just goes to show how torrential and monsoony the weather was. The previous week, granted the previous week was also school holidays, but our event number 363, we had 205 park runners. And then on Saturday, just gone, we had 73. So, oh, wow. yeah, that's um, we're not usually so uh, perturbed by the weather. It didn't actually rain at the event. So it was perfect. It was PB weather. There were heaps of PBs happening. We did have one brand new never done park run before in her life person show up and I was super excited to see her and welcome her but yeah the the locals in general very soft this weekend all staying in bed and not wanting to get their toes wet and as it turns out nobody got wet who actually came to park run so good morning do you have a a predominant windmill like does it come off the ocean or off the land or varies from week to week it varies uh it can be it can be a headwind in one or other directions or from time to time a side wind because yes we we run parallel to the ocean but it was pretty still and it was like no wind it was just a gentle breeze on saturday morning so there was yeah the weather conditions were actually really favorable for a good hit out if you wanted to to go for one yeah and it's it's on my bucket list but i haven't been lucky enough to do kiwana yet is your course uh, enclosed or is it open to other people using it like bikes traveling through or other other people using the path yeah no it's just public paths um along along the sort of waterfront as it were so yeah we have heaps of other people using it i guess um the bonus of having weather like that on the weekend too was that we didn't have to worry too much about collisions with pedestrians or bicycles and things which is a concern on many weeks in general speaking especially because we have so many beach accesses you can often see the surfers walking across with their surfboards and and that's a bit of a 
a barrier to that they extend the width of themselves by six foot <laughs> just <laughs> just as they're walking because surfers never walk with their surfboards vertical, do they? It's always a horizontal under the arm scenario. That's a funny thing. I was in Queensland earlier this year and I noticed some people standing just near the beach looking out to the ocean and they look like meerkats. You know where meerkats stand there? Yes. And they're just staring at something and you can't figure out what they're staring at. Yeah. And being that I'm not close to the ocean, I'm not used to seeing surfers that often. And I asked someone and they were looking for the wave sets coming in. But at the start, when I didn't know what was happening, I couldn't quite work out why they were just staring out to the out to the sea. Yeah, you've got to wonder, are they are they whale watching? Like, what are we looking at? It's, <laughs> yeah. Whenever you see, like, a crowd of people all standing and looking at something, you just sort of go and stand next to them and you look in the same direction. It's like, what are we looking at? I don't know. <laughs> and, yeah, but that's, that's a common sight at Kiwana. We have the surfers all standing up. It's pretty funny that... They'll come down to the beach, even without bringing any of their stuff, just to look before they go home and get their stuff to see whether or not it's worth it. And we've actually got locations as well on the coast that just have video cameras set up. So if they want to, they can log on at home and go to the live feed of what the waves are doing. Oh, wow. So that, yeah, it's, it's a bit lazy. Uh, well, I guess that depends on which way you want to look at it. It could be just really time efficient. <laughs> It is a funny thing. And they're, at least they're all good sorts, you know. They're outdoorsy people. They're very easygoing. <laughs> we don't tend to have clashes with the surfers, which is cool. So that's park run all sorted for the weekend, Gary. But it was a massive weekend for the world in terms of marathons going on. And as you mentioned briefly, it was the marathon festival, the Melbourne Marathon Festival on the weekend too. But, of course, there was uh, – the Ineos 159 Challenge kicking off in Vienna as Eliud Kipchoge became the first human to break the sub-two-hour barrier for the marathon distance. And there was also a new woman's world record for the marathon after an incredible run by Kenya's Bridget Koske, who broke Paula Radcliffe's 16-year-old world record in Chicago when she ran a 2.14.04. These paces are just blistering and incredible and Make my feet hurt just thinking about it, to be honest. But lastly, and certainly not least, our very own Channel 5 News crew member, Mark Scarborough, also ran his first marathon in an incredible time of 5.20.08 at Melbourne. Congratulations, Mark. That's awesome. Reason to be inspired. Okay, so now welcoming to the podcast our special guest, Dave Robbo-Robertson. Robbo, welcome to the Parkrun Adventurers, mate. How are you? Yeah, great. Thanks, Gary. Great to be uh, back on having a chat, all things Parkrun, and uh, g'day to Mel and all the listeners out there. What have you been up to since we last spoke to you? Yeah, been plenty going on, mate. I um, had been travelling a fair bit last time I spoke. I think we had Lyndall on, on the show, and I was uh, overseas getting a little frustrated that I wasn't getting my barcode scanned whilst in other countries but I've come to grips with that and I'm um, back home now and getting my barcode scanned on a weekly basis once again so all is well with the world with me back home in Newcastle although I did do a little bit of sneaky tourism down the road in Melbourne on the weekend down there for the Melbourne Marathon and made my debut at Parkville Park Run so uh, that was 
uh, a lot of fun and good to tick off a new event down there in uh, in Victoria. You actually talked to Mark, one of our roving reporters at Parkville on the weekend, so we'll hear about that a little bit later too, Robbo. But I want to ask, you mentioned that you haven't been scanning in your barcode while you've been off on jaunts overseas, and that's because you've been handling, for lack of a better expression, um, Lauren Parker around the globe. Can you give us a little bit of an update on how that all went? Yeah, very successfully. Um, that's right. Lauren is a triathlete. She's now doing paratriathlon after an, uh, an accident she sustained a couple of years ago in which she yeah, sustained very serious injuries and ended up with a spinal cord injury. So she races triathlons a little bit differently now and I get to help her with the transitions and uh, she ended up having a successful uh, world tour and being crowned the world champion in her event in the world champs in Lausanne in Switzerland. So that was super exciting and uh, yeah, great to play a very small part in that, but mostly to be able to cheer her on and see her succeed. So in in a small space of time in those two years uh, since she's been doing this new version of the sport, she's gone from uh, rookie to the best in the world and a great time to to achieve that with the Paralympics coming up in Tokyo next year. So her confidence is sky high and, yeah, hopefully if I don't get the sack, might get a a gig over there in Tokyo at the Paralympics next year. That's fantastic, Robert. That'd be a great opportunity and and I've been following Lauren and she's amazing what she's achieved in that amount of time and just uh, so brave and so great what she's doing in her sport. Uh, still pursuing it. Speaking of other people that are inspirational, uh, Elliot Kipchoge broke the not the official world record on the weekend, but went under two hours for the marathon in the Ineos 159 Challenge. And we saw a photo of you with Elliot at the 2016 Olympics. How did that come about? <laughs> yeah, well, I was lucky enough to be over there. Primarily that trip, uh, I wanted to be over there with a friend, uh, my mate Silas Moss, Mossy. We have a friend here in Newcastle, Scott Westcott, who at the age of 40, finally qualified for his uh, first Olympic Games in the marathon. And we were desperate to get over and cheer him on. So uh, we were there uh, the day of the, the men's marathon in Rio. Yeah, cheering the athletes on throughout the day. And then found ourselves back at the finish area afterwards as the medals were being presented. And um, actually, actually, they weren't medals. They were they were presented later on at the closing ceremony. But they got, a I think, the winning bouquet of flowers, I, I guess. They did do a a medal presentation ceremony without the medals. But as Elliot Kipchoge was sort of walking by where we were standing, yeah, he came past us and he saw us there and I had our big inflatable kangaroo, which we named Jumpy, and I actually presented him with the fully uh, blown up inflatable kangaroo on the spot. And my quote to him was uh, his countryman, David Rudisha, who's the 800-metre world record holder and Olympic champion, I said, Radisha's got one of these and, and now you do as well. Uh, I'd given Radisha one in, in Melbourne at, a, at an athletics event a year or so before. So I thought it was fitting that he'd won the gold medal at the marathon at the Olympic Games and he, he deserved a jumpy as well and he was happy to accept jumpy. And I like to think somewhere in in the paddock of Eldoret in Kenya, um, jumpy's still you know, hanging out there in Kenya. <laughs> so I haven't had it confirmed, but yeah, that's how that that's how that all worked out. And the photo, I, I do trot that out whenever Kipchoge's in action and it was fitting um, uh, with such a big feat on the weekend to bring it out once again. It's a great photo. We might have to pinch it for a Facebook post this week, Robbo, with your permission. Feel free, yeah. So yeah, it was a big weekend, but we'll, we'll start with Vienna because... 
that was chronologically the first big marathon thing to happen. Did you watch the Ineos One Five Nine Challenge live? Yeah, I did. I was I was glued to it. Um, interestingly, for those that were in Melbourne, it, yeah, it was the eve of the marathon down there, and I kind of wish the organisers had the foresight to maybe screen it up at the on the big screen inside the MCG. There was runners all around town asking, "Where are you watching it? Where are you watching it?" Once the time had been confirmed. Um, I was actually in an Italian restaurant in uh, just off Flinders Street, uh, eating with some friends there. A friend of mine, Susie, uh, was doing the marathon the next day. So I was sort of antisocially at one end of the table <laughs> watching the build-up to the start and then getting it underway. And then uh, the table next next to us had a group of about eight people and, that, and they had someone on the table doing the exact same thing. So we were all transfixed watching it unfold in the early stages um, and then went back to our Airbnb apartment and, and finished it, finished watching it off there and trying to explain it to my young daughters what, what exactly what was going on and the significance of it as well um, was interesting. Um, Grace, my eldest daughter, seven-year-old, she was sort of a bit more taken to it than Emma, the four-year-old. But yeah, un- unreal to, to watch it happen. I sort of had a pretty good feeling it was, it was on. They'd gone to so much effort to assemble the pacing crew um, I'd heard it. The whole thing had cost you know upwards of, of fifty million dollars just to to put the attempt on. So you'd think it, they wouldn't go to that effort unless there was a high chance of uh, of him doing it. He's obviously a very special athlete, but uh, but to actually see it happen, kilometer by kilometer, each of those splits unfold, and then getting closer and closer to the end, and then to see it happen was quite remarkable. And so yeah, still today, you know, a few days later, I still I can't quite believe that yeah, that that's what we saw. It never really looked in doubt, to be honest. So yeah, amazing to be alive in this year to to have seen that happen. Albeit obviously not not an official world record. It wasn't a race. Um, it was yeah, certainly um, optimal conditions for him to be able to do that with the paces and um and everything but you know he's still got to run it and he's probably the one guy on the planet as it stands that was able to do it and uh and we saw it come off so yeah an amazing thing to witness yeah it was so good to watch i reckon it would have dragged a lot of people in that aren't really into running or marathon running just to watch it to see the the spectacle of it and how it all worked we were interested in the the paces robert we saw the australians in there jack rayner and you might be able to help me with the other fellas yeah actually four uh ended up ended up being in there which was which was awesome and so yes um Stuart McSwain in there Jack Rayner in the lead the lead uh pacing group and the final pacing group he got plenty of airtime. Brett Robinson was one of the uh, captains and then Patrick Tin and was the fourth Aussie uh featured in there as well so awesome opportunity from them um and it's been interesting following them on social media just to see their reaction to it and their updates um of being involved that is something they'll never forget to have been there the day and helped out is an amazing, amazing thing for those fellas. And yeah, great to, that we Aussies can watch them and and uh, and claim our little part in in the whole thing as well. So um, yeah, that was it was pretty epic. Do you know much, Robo, about the pacing, the rules, or like in marathon races they can have paces? We weren't quite sure how that all worked. We noticed the V formation and the the following the line on the ground. Do you know much about that? Yeah, certainly. Um, 
In terms of the formation and things, I'm not sh- I'm not aware of anything that stipulates you know how the Pacers can or can't uh, arrange themselves to do their duties. And you're right, the big city marathons like in uh, Berlin, not all of them will have them, but yeah, Berlin and then the other big ones will have you know often teams of, of of large number of Pacers from the start, and they'll go as far as they can. The one thing that was different with this one that you're not able to have in a let's call it a legal. Uh, race is paces that drop out and then can come back in again and so to have these sort of squads of pacing groups that would run 5ks and then be replaced by another pacing group um, that's the thing that makes makes it makes it not uh, standardized so um, the formation itself I don't believe is yeah is anything that's out of um, you know out of the ordinary or, or anything that's a problem um, but yeah just the fact that you, you can't have the people coming in and out like they were on the day and so those i think the paces each each one of them probably only had i think maybe two cracks at at it so about five five and a half k's each time so you know from 1500 meter runners up to 10k five uh and five thousand and marathoners um you know they were probably on the on their limits a little bit but probably comfortable enough to be running five k's at a time while we're on the pacing i mean i want to talk about bridget cosguy's efforts on Sunday separately but she she had two male paces and I'm I don't know whether or not they were official paces for the marathon or if they were like a bring your own kind of scenario can do you know can people take your own paces because I imagine that somebody who's going at that kind of speed they they don't tend to put them on in the official sense um (laughs) from the marathon themselves yeah, look, the, I, I I don't know the inner workings uh, in great detail, Mel, but I believe arrangements are made between the athlete and and let's say their coach or their agent or manager, and they will you know communicate with the um, the event organisers and basically uh, request what pacing they want, and if they're able to provide those paces um, to the event, then that's probably all all well and good. So. Yeah, having the male paces take her most of the way there. I think they took her through to about sort of 42 Ks or so, completely legal um, in a mixed uh, race as Chicago is. Other races have separate men's and women's elite starts. So New York will do that. Um, And, yeah, interestingly, Paula Radcliffe set the previous world record was at the London Marathon, um, which was 2.15.25. So, yeah, and they... They have a separate start, I think, at that one as well. So she's able to be assisted in that way, and uh, you know, it's not like cycling where the, there's a huge, there's a large or significant amount of aerodynamics and wind wind benefit being tucked in behind someone. That certainly helps in running. The paces uh, help, but you've still got to be able to you know get your legs around the course in that time as well. So yeah, incredible, incredible effort. Yeah, Bridget broke her her PB by about four minutes so it's a great great weekend for the kenyans so you'll have to find another a jumpy kangaroo to take over to tokyo robo so just in case you can pass another one on to the collection yeah well interesting i went past the shop jumpy was born in the um the uh, australiana souvenir shop just just outside fed square in melbourne so i know where where he's sourced from i'll get a couple of a new ones ready to go uh, in case they they come good in at tokyo yep now, there's been conversation, everybody has an opinion about these things, whether or not you've run a marathon, but 
Um, Bridget's performance, that is the new world record. She did it in an official race in a marathon. People comparing, and I don't even think it's necessarily apples with apples, yep. but people are comparing yep. her performance to Kipchoge's on Saturday and saying that it's better. You know, it was the performance of the weekend. And what are your thoughts on that? I mean, two different genders, two different environments. Do you think people should mm. be comparing and deciding which was superior or should we all just be going, oh my God, the human race is incredible in terms of what we can do and what our bodies are capable of? <laughs> yeah. And that, what you've mentioned there was summed up really nicely in a tweet by um, Barack Obama, I believe as well, just saying, you know, amazing what humanity has achieved over the weekend with both those races. I guess uh, to answer your question, Mel, firstly, how good is it that we're all talking about running? If people want to compare races and, and performances, right, that's, that's one thing. But just the fact that, yeah, running is on the tip of everyone's tongues, especially within the running community as we are here. But as uh, Gary mentioned earlier, people that aren't as interested in running are now hearing about these am- amazing efforts and maybe getting a little interested in learning a bit, a bit more about um, the races and the athletes and how it's all happened. So, you know, firstly, that, that's a fantastic thing. Yeah, I, I think it is a little bit murky trying to compare and seed which is a better performance. I think they're both amazing, jaw-droppingly good runs and I I probably would avoid having to uh, make that decision about which is the better one. I think I'm glad we had about 24 hours to catch our breath after the the 159 of Kipchoge and then as Australians were waking up on Monday morning, we got to learn about, yeah, Bridget Koskai's amazing world record over there in Chicago and that's been sort of brewing a little bit for her that she's run very, very well in previous races and so she went in uh, all guns blazing coming out in the first 5Ks was running some ridiculous pace and, you know, she was good enough to back that up and bring it home. So, yeah, incredible um, performance there and Kipchoge, as we know, we saw how close he came in his previous uh, sub-2 attempt and then we know he's the, the world record holder in his own right as well. So I think we should just probably, um, yeah, call it square and say, look, both just amazing human beings, amazing Kenyan uh, distance athletes, and let's enjoy uh, both of them equally for the joy that they bring and for the marvel that we all have in response to what they were able to achieve. The next thing we need to get for Elliot and Bridget is a barcode, I reckon, for Parkrun. Well, I don't think they're signed up, are they? <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned it, Gary, because I was thinking that across the weekend myself and watching the uh, Enios 159 coverage, it was good to hear the odd mention of Parkrun throughout. The 41 paces, I was trying to think how many of them are uh, barcode compliant as well. I'm not sure many of the Aussie boys uh, are. I know Brett Robinson definitely is and has been a, a previous uh, fastest Australian, the Australian record holder uh, back in his day, back when he was uh, kicking around Canberra and Ballarat. But, um, yeah, we need, to, we need to probably sort of press on and uh, recruit a few of these top runners and it'd be great to get Kipchoge uh, involved in a park run at some point. Interestingly, to, to make that link between uh, his run in particular and the park run distance, 14 minutes and 10 seconds was the average park run that he ran for for his um, record attempt. So, yeah, that was that was pretty special. And I think Ian Rutson put it up on Twitter to give some park run perspective of the 159 attempt. He said only five of the 51 million plus 5k park runs completed have been faster than Kipchoge's target pace so on a good day we're all a long way behind what he was doing um over the 
five k's of his forty two k event. So now hopefully we can get them signed up. That that's the logical next step, I think, from here, Gary. Yeah, they're, they're amazing numbers. We were talking about them before. It's just incredible to think that many runs and a really a great achievement. You were down at Melbourne on the weekend. How did you uh, end up at Melbourne Marathon? What, did, what event did you run in? Yeah, I was down there lucky enough to run in the half marathon for my second year. Blown away once again with uh, how fantastic the event is and <clears throat> that finish inside the MCG, Well, I don't think I'll ever get tired of that. That's the second time I've been fortunate enough to enjoy that and, um, yeah, happy enough to come away with a with a PB, breaking my a seven-year drought it's been since uh, since half marathon PB. So that was, that was nice and I did my little... Um, a tribute to Elliot crossing the line, punching the chest and throwing the arms out, <laughs> pretending I was going under two hours. So that was a bit of fun. But, yeah, great vibe out on course. Lots of park runners, um, lots of people within the running community that I know. And, um, yeah, I was lucky enough to go back out after my race and help a friend, uh, Susie, at the back end of the marathon. So I ended up running another about eight, eight or nine Ks uh, at the back of the marathon to enjoy that too. So, yeah, a great day uh, down there, and I think there was just a buzz in the air in the morning, um, having watched the one, the sub two hour uh, challenge come off, and people were sort of, you know, just re- raring to go and have a bit of a run, all fired up with that. And I found myself at the start line just to uh, do a little bit of name dropping, if you'll indulge me. But I was in a conversation with two great legends of Australian marathon running, Steve Monaghetti and Rob DeCostella, and to be in a conversation with the two of them and hear their thoughts on what had taken place the night before in Vienna was uh, very interesting as well. And both of them were hugely excited about the prospect that a fellow from Kenya had gone under two hours uh, for a marathon. So, yeah, a huge buzz in Melbourne and um, it's great to be part of. Well, congratulations on your PB, Robbo. It doesn't sound like you need them, but do you think you might be in the market for a pair of pretty pink Nikes? (laughs) Would you believe I went out that afternoon and went and bought a pair not the not the, <laughs> top, not the top top uh, expensive pair though that all the paces were wearing. Mine were about half the price, but they're the exact same color. And I now have a pair of pink shoes to match my both my daughters, so they're they're pretty happy with that. And I've got a pair of Kenyan socks to go with it, so I'll, I'll be rocking those and uh, channeling my inner Elliot for a little while yet. I think awesome. And before we let you go, I do I do want to ask you about the shoes and whether or not you think the performing enhancing abilities of them, you know, should or shouldn't be allowed in informal official races. How long have you got? That that's a whole other podcast. Mel, I think um, it's uh, it's a tricky one. The uh, comparison being made in a lot of conversations is with swimming and the years years ago when the swimsuits got the technology got to a point where certain swimsuits were banned as they were deemed to be improving performance excessively, and so that was put to a halt. I think certainly that it needs to be looked at. The ruling from the IAAF, the ruling body for athletics and running globally. Um, I can't think of the exact wording, but you know, there's a. It needs to follow the universality of of athletics and running. So it needs technology that needs to be available for everyone, and uh, within the spirit of the game, effectively. And I'm sure we're probably getting to a point where we're either hitting the line or t- just nudging over the line of what's probably universally acceptable or or equitable or fair. Oh wow! I mean, the media and sponsors would have loved what happened on on the weekend with both the men and the women um 
Bridget Cosco and Elliot Kipchoge. It, it creates headlines, it creates buzz, it creates sales ultimately if you're a shoe company uh, and, and you've got anything to do with running as well. So, yeah, <laughs> they've, they've got a vested interest in all this stuff as well and they won't be the ones, you know, pulling themselves back until they're told to. So I think there's a bit to play out with it all. Um, certainly you'll hear many more podcasts discussing it in a more sophisticated manner than what I have just there, but it's, it's certainly an interesting topic. What about parkrun as well? Do we have to start putting asterisks next to parkrun uh, runs that are, you know, enhanced by uh, the crazy shoes that are... Assisted. <laughs> Mark them as assisted runs. Exactly. Yeah. We'll have to wait and see. Look, I think you've still got to be able to run. You've still got to be able to get your heart and lungs and your, your legs to do it. The shoes will definitely help. And technology, I don't think, is the enemy. Technology needs to be embraced with all things and and across sport, uh, running tracks, road surfaces, uh, you know, most aspects of of sports have improved as technology's improved over the years. And this could be argued that that's just one more uh, addition to that technology, but is it if it becomes unfair and it become if it becomes no longer a, a reflection of someone's physiology, you know what your body can do, and you're relying more on the the technology, then maybe it has it is going a little bit too far. But I uh, sorry I can't give you a straight answer <laughs> straight up tonight. But it, it's certainly an intriguing one. Well, thanks, Robbo, for coming on to the Parkrun Adventurers this week. It's been really great to have you on and have your insights. All the best for your future park running and um, hopefully your trips to Tokyo in the new year for the Olympics. Yeah, thanks a lot, Gary. Thanks a lot, Mel. And happy park running. Howdy Parkrunners, Tock reporting in for the Channel 5 News crew. Today we've ventured down to the lovely Wyndham Vale and I'm with Loretto, who is the run director today. G'day Loretto. Hi everyone, how are you going? Loretto, it's a uh, great course here. I love running out alongside the river. Uh, the trees are starting to grow around the park and that's here. I think you know, you're going to get a bit more shade as you go around. Uh, give us a bit of a description of your course. Well, it's an out and back course, and as you said, uh, there's there's a bit of scenery on the way, lots of green trees, um, and we've got a lake and down by the Werribee River as well. So it's a really nice course, and you don't get lost. So it's a good one to come along to. And lots of bird life out in the lake today. You can, from where we're sitting at the finish line, uh, people still coming in left, right, and centre. But you can see heaps of birds out there. Yeah, it's lovely, and even now uh, we get a few dogs that take a dip in that lake as well. So <laughs> that's always funny to. See. And uh, you, you look like you've got a heap of tourists here today. What's going on today at Windervale? Yeah, well, today's pretty special. We've got um, two ladies who are celebrating their 250th park run, which is really exciting for us here at Windervale because it's the first time we've had someone reach that milestone. So, um, And they've been great. They've brought along uh, some cakes and lots of goodies. Woo-hoo. So we're going to have a little party here at uh, Windervale Park Run today. As the uh, adventurers know, I will travel for cake and the cake has been <laughs> laid on. It's looking excellent. So you've got a cracking day here today. Are the numbers sort of about where you normally get them? Uh, look, I think we're probably a little bit busier than normal because we had eight milestones all together today. Um, so we had a 25 volunteer as, long as well as our 250s and some 10 junior park runners. So um, numbers are really good, um, but 
I like to think it's because of the great community spirit down here. We are one big, happy park running family. So I think it's the community spirit that gets people down here and then uh, they want to keep coming back. And how long has Wyndham Vale been going? Oh God, now you're testing me. Um, I reckon it's... Oh, I reckon it's probably three, four years. Gosh, yep. I hope I've got that right now. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure at all. You just have a random guess. That'll do. I've been a run director here for about two years. So um, I'm, yeah, I didn't start from the start, but it, it's quite well established here, as you can tell with our numbers. And was this the first course that you'd done or did you come in from somewhere else? No, no, this was my first course. So, um, uh, and it, it's my home park run and um, I, I've i done a few different ones but I always keep coming back here because it's, it's my favourite and, um, you know, you're always welcome with a big smile and a big hug. So it's um, yeah. fantastic down here. It does have a great feel out on course, lots of high fives and lots of friendly faces out there. That's yeah. something I really love about the couple of times I've been over to Wyndham Vale. It is a really friendly yep. course. Yeah, we we um we definitely encourage that type of behaviour and uh, cartwheels and some funny antics and all sorts of stuff. So we encourage that down here. So it is um it's um it's really good when you're out on the course and you see everyone smiling and high fiving each other. Fantastic, and there goes the PB bell again. That's <laughs> rung a few times today. I tell you what, it's been very popular today. So um, we, we can't complain about it. So um, we've had it's it's a fairly good course to get a PB. We've got a we've got a couple of little hills. Um, some people think they're big, but when you go and do some park run touristing, you realise they're not too bad. So it's not a bad course if you want to try and get a PB to come and visit us out here. All right. Well, I'm going to go grab a bit of cake before it all disappears. <laughs> uh, and uh, thanks very much for the Not chat. Not a problem. And we have a coffee van. That's important as well. So. Coffee van near the finish line too, which is great. <laughs> great. Thank okay, you for cheers. that. See ya. Park runners, I'm here with Cheryl at the uh, finish of the Wyndham Vale. Cheryl, you've got a green cape on. What, what's all happening today? Well, I'm a super duper 250 park runner. <laughs> a, a proper milestone. It it's is totally a, a thing. I know. It's so exciting. Um, and what was so incredible today, um, besides the fact that Wyndham Vale is a really good um, community-spirited parkrun, and I was presented with a super-duper cape, is that the people that cheered me along and gave me well wishes along the way, it made me feel really, really special. And it's a big milestone too. <laughs> As you know, it's at least five years of park running, which is uh, a great effort. It and is uh, indeed. Sure, I'm, I'm sort of detecting a slight accent. I'm, I'm figuring it's it's not from south of Wyndham Vale anyway. Where are you actually from? Well, I come from South Africa, Cape Town, South Africa. And um, in fact, my very first park run was in at Albert, Melbourne, when I was here on holiday. And um, I saw this 5K event and was like, oh, well, what the heck? And we loved it from the first one. Went back to South Africa and there wasn't one in Cape Town, but few months later one came up five um, k's down the road from us and um, got into that but I was I was distracted by longer distances and um, didn't really fully focus until I met an incredible parkrun tourist in South Africa and discovered that tourism is a thing <laughs> and I have to say that um, landing here now two years ago parkrun has been such a huge part of us being accepted and loved in um, in Australia, and the our parkrun family is awesome. Yeah, parkrun is an awesome thing, isn't it? It is. Uh, you've run 250 now. How many different events? Because I know you travel a hell of a lot. <laughs> um, 152 different events. 
um, 86, I think, in Australia now. Yep, yep. And how many different countries? Um, five. Five countries? Uh, yeah. So I have a son that's in the UK, so um, when I get a chance, then it's nice to visit him, Parkrun, and um, US, um, um, Singapore, when we arrive on the way here, um, and then South Africa and Australia. Cool. All right, well, I hope you have a great day, and uh, you've got a heap of cake over there. We do. Well, Irene... I'm hoping there's still a heap of cake over there, because there's a lot of people standing around the cake. <laughs> there is. Irene did such an incredible job, so thank you. She's also here um, somewhere still. She's taking it easy, because she's doing 10 tomorrow at the Melbourne Mara. Cool. So, anyway, nice to have you all, right, all thanks, the man. way from sunny Envelope, Tony. <laughs> Cheers, thanks. Park runners, we're here with a little friendly magpie who's um, coming for cake as well, which doesn't surprise me because everyone likes cake. But the main reason that we're here is we have a couple of people doing their 250. Irene, you've run your 250 today. Congratulations. Thanks, Talk. And uh, why did you pick Windenvale to run your 250? Cheryl made me do it. But um, <laughs> we were doing it together. It was a joint one and it's very friendly team here. So we thought, yep, why not do it here? And apparently... We're the first two to do it here, so that was pretty exciting. Yeah, it got a, um, a bit of interest at the briefing. There was a lot of people interested in the 250. I think for newer events, sometimes seeing people actually achieving it um, is a bit of a thing. So, And in this case, it's a, it's a real thing, yeah. a 250. I think it helps motivate people and have a goal. And, um, yeah, because I think it's event 190-odd here, so, yeah. Yeah, so, so fairly it's good. new event. Fairly obviously, newish, yeah. Obviously no homegrown 250s no. yet because uh, they're not up to that. Yeah. And what did you think of the course? Uh, we've done it before uh, as a freedom oh, run and oh, also officially <laughs> once before. And, yeah, it's a nice out and back course. There's a, a little bit of undulation but not much. But we mainly walk today because we're going to do Melbourne Marathon tomorrow. So take it easy. Cool. And a rest day, just a lazy 5K. You'll yeah. uh, warm up for <laughs> Why things. Not? Yeah. Why not? Why not? No, it's a, a really great thing. Um, you you must be a bit of a tourist as well because I keep running into you and Path at so many different events around Victoria especially. You're getting close to the cow, I believe. Yes, we. Um, I'm up to 98 and you're up to 97, are you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah. so we've already got planned next week, um, Claysbrook Cove in East Perth. And then, That's a cracking course. Yeah. Watch out for the little hill at the oh, end. Oh, well, we'll probably be walking that as well. <laughs> and then in the first week in November, we're doing Perth... Uh, Darwin. Darwin, sorry. Darwin, Darwin as our 100th uh, cow, or my cow club. And also it will be my peer club the as peer well. The as well. Oh, awesome. Well done. Yeah, thank you. So real tourist, so, real adventurous. Um, I think I've achieved all my parkrun goals this year. Bingo club, 250, cow club, pirate club, BGs. Since you've, yeah. you've had a big year on yeah. the challenges. Yeah. You've had badges galore. Yeah, yeah, a few badges this year. <laughs> right, well, congratulations on the 250 yeah. again and um, let's go have some cake. Okay, thanks, Talk. Good morning, parkrun adventurers. This is Mark reporting in for Channel 5 News Crew from... Parkville Park Run in Melbourne. Parkville Park Run is uh, just about three kilometres outside the uh, CBD of Melbourne, but uh, really easy to get to via public transport. We're uh, here for the Melbourne Marathon Festival on tomorrow, and I've brought the family out to Parkville to get the P for the Park Run Challenges Challenge. Anyway, we'll have a chat to a few Park Run adventurers and uh, do the run and uh, report back in.
Well, we're here with uh, another couple of um, parkrun adventurers, and um, you want to introduce yourself and tell us where you're from? Shirley Dahl from Inverloch. Welcome, and um, what brought you to Parkville Parkrun today? Uh, Melbourne Marathon tomorrow, so last year we did Albert Park, so something different this year, Parkville. Excellent. And uh, we've got a, a voice here that some people may remember if um, you've been listening to Parkrun podcasts in Australia for a while. Good morning. Morning, yeah, Dave Robertson here. Great to be uh, on the show, having a chat. So, um, kind of like on the other end of a different kind of microphone for a different podcast. Yeah, no pressure here. You can just talk rubbish and get away with it. <laughs> and what's brought you to Parkville today? Yeah, I've come down from uh, from my home of Newcastle and Newey Park Run, and yes, yeah, more to sure. We're just comparing notes as we stepped off the tram here for the Melbourne Marathon tomorrow. And uh, when you've done Albert Park a number of times, we had to find the next closest uh, new event. And uh, this this was my my one of those. So Parkville, I've heard it's good. It was it was here or Studley, and uh, Parkville got the nod today. So looking forward to giving it a rip later on. Yeah, I expect there'll be some pretty big numbers at Albert Park today. So I think it's kind of wise to to check out a few of the other ones. And uh, and what's brought you to Parkville today? Oh look, I'm just looking after I'm the the deputy looking after the sheriff. My wife's doing part of the marathon tomorrow, 10k. So I come down and and uh, give out the oranges and stuff. Support crew. You are an important part of the crew, being the support crew on the sidelines. Well done. Very important part of the crew, yes. All right, well, best of luck to, to you guys for, for tomorrow, and I uh, might see you out on the course. Thanks very much. Thank you. All right, we're here with a couple more uh, adventurers, and uh, where are you guys travelled from? Uh, Devonport, Tassie. Yeah. And, and what's brought you to um, Parkville Park Run today? Uh, we're here for, here for the Melbourne Marathon Festival over the weekend. Excellent. What distance are you going to hit up? Uh, I've got the half marathon on my list. Yourself? 10k. 10k. Yeah. And uh, have you been to, to Parkville Park Run before? No, this is our first visit out here and it will be our 28th different park run location. And what made you choose Parkville? Uh, closest to city. <laughs> <laughs> and also um, that it describes itself as being around and through a park, which we thought would be rather nice in the springtime. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, a, it's a good course, and uh, well, best of luck for um, tomorrow. Oh, Thank you. Now, I'm here with, here with Sandy now. Good morning, Sandy. Good morning. You've told me to avoid talking to two other larrikins here at the Parkville. Yeah, watch out for the Baldwin brothers. There's four of them in total, and uh, they appear at park runs all over the place. <laughs> Baldwin brothers, like those Hollywood stars. They're the Baldwin brothers as well, aren't they? Definitely Hollywood stars, these two. They're, they're all geared up and uh, ready, ready for a big run here, wearing what Collingwood colours at Carlton, which is strange, and... Oh, no, no other footy colours here, parkrun shirt. And uh, what brought you to Parkville today, Sandy? Uh, we're over here for the Melbourne Marathon. And what distance are you going to hit up? The marathon. <laughs> With no training, hey, who, who needs to train? <laughs> what do you mean? You're doing parkrun today. That's enough training, isn't it? Exactly, exactly. That's our usual training. <laughs> yeah, that's the, so, you know, maybe you and I will be uh, running together tomorrow. Excellent. Yep, somewhere down the back. <laughs> <laughs> and what did what, 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 you choose Parkville? Uh, probably because it seems to be the closest Uber road from our hotel. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good decision, isn't it? All right, well, thank you for the chat and best of luck for tomorrow. Hopefully I'll see you out there. Yeah, cheers, thank you. Good morning, Parkrun Adventurers. It's Greta here and I'm at Clare Valley Parkrun this morning and it's a, it's a beautiful day. So Clare, the Clare Valley is about two hours' drive uh, north of Adelaide um, and the Clare Valley area is known for uh, its wine production. Uh, and the course here actually utilises part of an old uh, rail trail, so you know part of the old railway lines that are no longer in use has been converted to 
a trail for cyclists and walkers um, and parkrun users part of that course. So we're going to do the, do the run today and then find some people to chat to. Hello parkrunners, so I'm now at Post Parkrun Coffee and I'm here with Julie. How are you going Julie? I'm going really well, thank you. It's a beautiful day here at Clare, isn't it? It is a beautiful day and we love our parkrun here in Clare. And, uh, and look at how many people are here for coffee. Yeah. It's amazing how it's grown. We're only about three years old, you know, so yeah, quite young. Yeah. And you were tail walking today? I was, yes. And... Um, I like that because I get a tick as well. It goes on my total, which I'm quite proud of, quite frankly. You get a park run and you get a volunteer credit. And you get a coffee. And you get a coffee. <laughs> What's not to love? Oh, no. What more could you want? Right? Absolutely, absolutely. And, uh, yes, so I've uh, probably totted up my 110 today, so I'm quite pleased. Thank you, thank you. And have they all been at Clare? Oh, no, I've done a few... Um, a few around the place, mostly Victoria and recently Tasmania. Oh, um, which one in Tasmania? I did uh, Jeeveston, which is quite a new one, yeah. right down the south. Cold, Arctic cold it was a couple of weeks ago, but it was very nice. Yes, lovely. Lovely. And what about in South Australia? Have you done any others in South Australia? I haven't, and I should. Yes, I'm a bit of a, a homebody when I'm home. I'm home. If I'm away, I'm away. <laughs> but one day I will. Do some more. Yeah. And what was it that started you park running? Well, a friend of mine uh, who lives here suggested that I should come along. It was just after park run was started here. And I thought, oh, okay. Well, I said, well, I don't run. And he said, no, you can walk, you can walk. I said, okay. Well, I came along. And the first couple, I thought, oh, I don't know. And then I really got into it. Now I really feel bad if I miss one. I just love it so much. It's great. So you'd be there every morning, every Saturday morning? Pretty well every, yes, when I when I can. I'm there pretty well every time. And what I like to tell everybody who's prepared to listen is every week I win my age grade. Now, isn't that an amazing thing? And the reason is, because I have to be honest, I am the only one. <laughs> but do you know what? If you didn't come, well, there wouldn't be anyone in that. <laughs> exactly right. Exactly right. So it doesn't really matter what I do. I'll always win it at this stage anyway. <laughs> well, look, thank you so much for talking to me and having coffee with me. You guys here with us today too. And you guys have been... with Kane, your son. Yes, because Kane walked with you, my son. He walked with you for the tail walkers, so chewed your ear off. Yeah, absolutely. But it was very enjoyable conversation. Yeah, lovely. And you guys have been so welcoming. We've we've absolutely loved our morning here. So thank you for having us. That's a pleasure. All right, now I'm here with Kathy and Sheridan, who are the co-EDs of Clare Valley Park. And how are you going, lady? Good, thanks. Wonderful, thank you. Thank you so much for having us at your park run today. It was a beautiful day. It was absolutely gorgeous run conditions this morning. And <laughs> we, we feel so welcome. It's been absolutely lovely. So tell me a little bit about Clare Valley Park Run. Maybe start with um, describing the course for us. Well, we run along the beautiful Riesling Trail. Um, we start opposite the Clare Valley Visitor Centre um, and we run towards Seven Hill. Um, it's a little bit of a graded run, a little bit of an uphill, um, but uh, the downhill on the way back is certainly, I think, uh, welcomed by many. Um, I had to keep telling myself that. <laughs> this hill's got to, sh- got to stop when I turn around and then I get to come down. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so it's a beautiful through the vines, um, get to see... We go over a bridge, um, which is always nice, the um, Quarry Road Bridge. 
Um, There's one for you, Scotty. Yeah, for Scotty, definitely. He would have liked that. And um, lots of bushland and you often see kangaroos, um, sometimes other sorts of reptiles. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's fantastic. We and love it. It was it's lovely and shady, isn't it? Beautiful, and it's and it uses an old railway line. Is that right? Yep, an old railway line. Um, I think the trail's been there for quite a few years now, though. Um, not sure how long. I'm sure we could have found out from our our Reasoning Trail committee member, who is um, one of our regular park runners. Um, he's all for our park run here. And the Reasoning Trail um, people are very, very supportive of Parkrun, aren't they? Yeah, definitely supportive. Um, we've got all of our executive committee as Parkrunners and they helped set it up at the start. Yeah, that's wonderful. And so how, got, how long has um, Clare Valley been running for? Uh, we're at three years. Three and a half years. Yeah, three and a half years. So um, it's been a blink of an eye, really. It feels like we've been here a whole lot longer, yeah. but um, it's absolutely fantastic and we've got such a great supportive core group of people who volunteer who come out week after week um, we're a big family here yeah. and we just as you can hear maybe in the background yeah. um, just the numbers at coffee afterwards the chit chat the the just the camaraderie that we have is fantastic I think Sherrod and I are pretty proud of the fact that we're a big family yeah and lots of kids that's one of the things that struck me you've got lots of kids and um, we're at the the bakery what's the name of the bakery here this is Claire Rise Bakery um, I don't know it's about a k away from where we do parkrun just heading in towards Claire from um, our course and there's a lovely, it's a lovely setting. There's a lawn out the front and the kids are playing on the lawn and um, having a really good time. Yeah, last, a couple of weeks ago, they were all playing Red Rover all over and Net didn't want to go home, so it was fantastic. <laughs> yeah, the kids, the kids at our park run are, are fantastic. They're so um, encouraging and um, part of everything. They volunteer so regularly. A couple of our kids have reached 25 um, they were involved just as much as the adults, maybe because of their parents sometimes, but that's okay. That's okay. Yeah, that's fine. And how long have you guys been um, co-event directors at Clear Valley? Uh, just over two years now. So, um, yeah, and everything's been going pretty smoothly, I think. Yeah. Do you agree, Sharon? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a loaded question. <laughs> yeah, no, Kathy and I, we get along really well. We actually only met at Parkrun. If it wasn't for Parkrun, we wouldn't have... Um, met each other and I think we've got a pretty good friendship and a good team um, work with our parkrun so yeah from what from what you guys were telling me earlier you work really get well together you complement each other you've got good complementary skills yeah um, we're both working mothers so we both understand the juggle of um, having to do that with parkrun and just support each other and when one's away the other one picks up the slack and yeah that's really good Fabulous. And look, um, you were telling me earlier that you've got a wonderful trip planned soon. Tell us a little bit about that. And I think you get to do some park runs too. I do. Um, yeah, so uh, heading overseas because our eldest is, has been doing a gap year in Denmark. So we're going overseas on a bit of a whirlwind tour. Um, so yeah, get to do five overseas park runs. So Bushy Park, which is probably the most exciting one. Yeah. Um, I'm trying not to be too green. <laughs> Uh, then hopefully we'll do one in Oslo and Munich and then we'll head to the States and do one in Orlando and Washington. So pretty excited about that. That is wonderful. Get to do my 100 in Washington. So that'll be pretty spectacular, I hope. Yeah, that's wonderful. And I think you were saying um, earlier that you're going to be away for three months. Yeah, just short of three months. So, yeah, so Sharon's going to have to pick up a bit of slack. <laughs> but I'll pay her back next year. <laughs> 
swings and roundabouts. That's yeah. it, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I still, I'll still, I ha- I've been instructed I have to spam our Facebook page yeah. with overseas <laughs> park runs, so I'll do that. Yeah, yeah that's fabulous. <laughs> um, is there anything that you guys would like to add? Anything that you'd like to let everyone on the in the Park Run Adventurers podcast world know about Clare Valley? Our alternative course next week. Next week we've got our alternative course. Um, so want to do? And there's the show because the show's on, is that? And you're right near the showgrounds. Yeah. So we we've needed to shift so that parkrunners don't have to pay twelve dollars to park. So uh, we've shifted it just uh, down the road, just opposite the Claire Eyes Bakery. And um, yeah, hope that we'll get a few people coming out to do the alternative course. Yeah, something different for everyone. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, yeah. We, uh, yeah, we'll, it's all the facilities, parking opposite. So it's all the same as usual, just slightly different start position. But we'll put it all up on Facebook so people know where to go. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Well, thank you so much for being so welcoming for me and the family coming to Clare Valley Park Run and for having a chat with us this morning and for putting on the beautiful weather. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Come again, anytime. Yep, come again. Come again, everyone. <laughs> Hi, my name's Jess and I'm here at Clare Valley Park Run and I'm talking to Ken. How are you going, Ken? Good, how are you, Jess? I'm quite good. So you walked Park Run today, didn't you? Yes, it was very nice. I had a nice long chat to, I uh, can't remember who, but they were, they were very nice. The tower walkers? Yes. Yes. So how long have you been doing Park Run for? I'm not exactly sure, but I've done 170-something Park Runs, so a fair while. And you've been doing it with your family, is that right? Yes. So you enjoy the, is it the community or is it doing the running or is it just all of it that you enjoy? Pretty much all of it, yeah. Yeah, so do you walk or run the park run or do you volunteer as well? I sometimes volunteer, I'm mostly walk and run. So, and yeah, it's quite nice on the Clare Valley one because you can see a heap of stuff and yeah. Yeah, it's a rather beautiful run. So what kind of time is your fastest time? So what's your personal best? 24.41, I think. I'm pretty sure, yeah. So as I take it, you're a tourist here at Clare Valley, aren't you? Yes. What's your home park run? Mount Barker. So you mainly run at Mount Barker or do you tourist around a lot? Uh, I tourist, but mostly Mount Barker. So you meet a lot of people at park run? Yes. So I also noticed that you're wearing a trail running SA jumper, so you do longer runs as well. Yes, and they're they're also quite nice as well. So did Parkrun get you into doing those? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Pretty. Yeah. So um, thank you for chatting today, and have a great day. Yep. Morning, everyone. Uh, Cameron here at uh, Bibber Lake Parkrun, and I'm joined with uh, Dylan, who's run director today, and Chris, whom I'm told is uh, instrumental in setting this parkrun up. How's it going today, fellas? Very well indeed. Perfect running weather. Oh, absolutely. It's a lovely course around here. Uh, very nice uh, 5k around a 6k uh, lake. So uh, how did we get started here at Bibra Lake? I wanted to run a bit closer to home. I was running over at Canning River Park Run. Okay. And then uh, didn't really want to do the paperwork, but wanted to start a course up. So I started the course up and uh, I think Rachel Finlayson did the paperwork and that's how it took off. <laughs> oh, fantastic. So what, what was uh, the event number this week? 252. 252. So would you have had an anniversary recently or is it coming up? Oh, we had a 250th anniversary, which we actually forgot about. And it was <laughs> basically that morning people noticed, oh, it's 250. So there was a mention of it, but no cake, no nothing. Oh, no, there was cake. Thanks to uh, Jennifer. <laughs> oh, excellent. Yeah. So that'd be uh, five years now, isn't it? 
About four yeah. and a year, yes. Four, yes, four, about four and a half, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Excellent. So how many people do you think uh, came this morning? 200 or so, would you say? Yeah. yeah. Right. Excellent. Oh, that's fantastic. So uh, how did you uh, get started in Parkrun? Um, I used to parkrun in Britain, um, and then emigrated nine years ago when there weren't parkruns in Australia. Uh, then we did see that there was a parkrun uh, nearby, uh, first of all in Rockingham, but that meant you had to wake up just that little bit too early on a Saturday morning. Uh, so when I noticed this one had started, this is ideal. It's uh, close, it's a perfect course, we love it. Excellent, well I love it too, I'm going to come back. <laughs> yes. Without a, a boat anchor of a dog here slowing me down. <laughs> He flaked out. And uh, so did you get started with parkrun here or uh, elsewhere? No, I started running as part of a midlife crisis as you do and then I started running at Canning River but we'd, I was running very small kilometres before that I guess, three or four. I uh, got dragged into parkrun by a mate, Neil Richardson, yeah, six, seven years ago and uh, we took off from there. <laughs> Fantastic. So I've heard there's a few running events that take place around Bibra Lake as well. Do uh, do many runners do those and then come to park run as well and it all sort of mixes together? Yes, um, there's the running works events and there's a twilight um, runs. Those tend to be sort of 6k or 12k one circuit or two circuits of the lake. And I, I haven't done them myself, though I keep meaning to, but they do seem to be very popular. Well, gentlemen, thank you very much for a lovely day. This is a beautiful park run. can thoroughly recommend it. And it's an amazing-looking playground over there. I think I've been there before, but it looks yeah, great to uh, encourage... In WA. They, they put that in, what, a year or two ago? Two years yes, ago. and there was actually disruption for the park run when it was being built, uh, but it's all worked out really well. Do check out the huge tortoise uh, or turtle uh, statue. Okay. Is that in there? Or? Yes. Because Bibber Lake is a breeding ground for turtles, and so they have a huge turtle in there as well. Oh, okay. I'll be sure to try and check that <laughs> yeah. out. I'm not sure I'm allowed to take your dog in there. I don't know. I'll chuck him in the backpack. He'll be right. Yeah. Fellas, thank you very much, and I hope to see you around soon. Okay, thank you. Thank you. And I'll look out for the podcast. <laughs> Excellent. Great. G'day. Uh, so, what's your name? Where are you from, and how did you get part of starting Park Run? Yeah, so I'm Matt. Uh, my local run is Bibber Lake Park Run. Started pretty much when it launched many, many years ago. Uh, I've done over 200 runs. Today I'm volunteering as the token hand router. Hand router. Fantastic. Oh, here we go. And, uh, yay! Here comes our tail walker now. Tail walker. So, uh, what, what's the silliest thing you've seen out in Park Run? Silliest besides, thing? Besides the things he does. Um, oh, yeah, I'm probably most known for getting a bit of hang time every now and then at Park Run. Love a good jump shot every now and then. Oh, yes. I was tempted, but. You know, he doesn't jump very high. Puffy does make it a little trickier. Yeah. <laughs> Matt won our award last year in our running club for the best jump. He won the award for the best jump? Yeah, yeah. So how high are you getting? A metre? metre and a half? Oh, yeah, somewhere. Might Let him please. show you. He can do it standing Well, still. here we go. We're doing a jump. A live jump. Standing jump. And, wow, he got pretty high there. <laughs> he got pretty high. That was fantastic. And in audio medium, you can't see how high that was, but well, take our word for it. The, it, it doesn't translate on radio at all, but you know, it, it was felt pretty high. That's fantastic. Well, thanks, Matt, and uh, lovely speaking to you. Likewise. I hopefully, see you again. G'day, everyone. I'm out here back at Tamworth Wetlands Park Run, and I'm with uh, a pretty special group of individuals, but today I'm just talking to three. If you just uh, state your names and, and what the heck you're doing out here. Uh, I'm Phil Gore. 
I'm Michael Hooker. And I'm Sean Kozer, and we're, all three of us are taking on 24 part runs in 24 hours um, and trying to attempt them all sub 24 minutes for uh, a charity run that we're doing. What's the charity involved? Uh, the charity's uh, On My Feet. Um, they're a, a national-based um, um, charity foundation that work for the homeless and, and at-risk at homelessness and um, uh, just work to integrate them back into everyday society and, and try and give them job prospects and, and um, I guess, um, you know, learning life skills again. And, and it's basically based around a running um, okay. a running course that they, that they go through and they train um, train people from... From that sort of background to get up to even up to marathon distance. So, um, being a charity, we try and put on things like this to raise money for them. Okay, and it certainly raises great awareness. Uh, I saw they brought some uh, some bags of shoes and some extra running gear, but it's good to see uh, equipment that's no longer used being uh, given a second life to other people who who may need them more. Yeah, that's exactly right. We. Um uh, we started collecting last year. We collect uh, just disused, um, but still in good condition, running shoes and clothes, and and uh, you know we pass that on to to that charity or, or to affiliated charities that can can use the uh, use the shoes and put them to good use. Oh, that's brilliant! So, uh, what what time did you start today? Uh, we did the shipwreck park run for the official park run for the day. So that was at eight o'clock, and okay. yeah, just been travelling around the metro area since then. So, so we're going to be finishing around. Uh, when? 8 o'clock tomorrow? Yeah, eight, 8 o'clock tomorrow morning at uh, Claysbrook Cove. Claysbrook Cove. Okay, so you've put a post on the Parkrun uh, WA Unofficial uh, page on Facebook about yes. the location. So you're running fairly on time. I'm not keeping oh, you up. Bang on on time, I yeah. think, at the moment. Yeah, yeah pretty spot on. So yeah. doing all right with the pace? Cracking on the sub-24? Yep. Yep. Every one of them so, so far. far. So, I got far so good. I managed to keep up for about just under 2K. It's, uh, <laughs> it's a smidgen beyond me at the moment, but I'll, I might get there next year. Right, good one. Well, thanks very much, fellas. And uh, it looks like you're doing great things for people who really need some help. And uh, hopefully see you around soon. Oh, thanks. Thank, thank you. Thank you very much. Cheers. G'day, Parkrun Adventurers. It's Lyndall, and I'm checking in this morning for the Channel 5 News crew from South Bank in Brisbane. Now, I'm in the middle of a long run, so... I haven't stopped to do a full roving report and my original plan was that I'd have time to maybe capture a few people in the lineup to get myself scanned in. But there's inclement weather today here in Brisbane and by inclement I mean it's less than 20 degrees and there's a bit of rain around. Um, so in that kind of weather, Brisbane and look I'm going to speak for all Queenslanders, we stay home in bed normally. So there was no line to get scanned. So no interviews today. Just a g'day from Southbank. If you've never been here, Southbank is really the, the quintessential Brisbane City park run, starting in the heart of Southbank, which is really the tourist and cultural capital of Australia, of Brisbane, really. Um, Southbank's there, you know, blue ribbon parklands, and right beside it is the cultural centre with the performing arts and art gallery and our museum and science museum. So it's all here at Southbank. And certainly one to look out for if you're ever heading to Brisbane. Um, and for the locals, it's a really lovely course, winding through the Botanic Gardens. So it's shady in summer and just beautiful in winter. So there you go. That's it from me. A uh, roving report light <laughs> this week from Lindell on the Parkrun Adventurers. Another swag of awesome roving reports from around and about the place. Starting off with Toc, who was at Wyndham Vale Park Run for some milestones. And Mark was at Parkville Park Run 
He caught up with a bunch of adventurers, including Robbo, uh, all in town for the Melbourne Marathon Running Festival. Yeah, it was like a hive of activity, wasn't it? And he kept asking people, why why Parkville? And they're like, it was the closest one. <laughs> But I'm sure they all had a great park run anyway. And then we had Greta, who uh, was at Clare Valley Park Run, and she actually started off, but we finished with Jess, who was talking to Kane. How good were they? They were great, the kids. They did such a good job. I was very impressed. The the new generation of uh, roving reporters coming through, which is fantastic to hear. Yep, they did a great job and absolute natural, Jess. We'll have have you on the news crew before you know it. And uh, Cameron was at Bib. Lake Park Run, Sean, Phil, and Michael from On My Feet Charity. That was interesting, wasn't it? They um twenty four park runs in twenty four hours and trying to run each of them sub twenty four. I can't do one sub twenty four. <laughs> That's a huge effort. I, I can't believe that they'd be able to, and even timing them, getting in between each park run would be uh, a challenge as well. Yeah, the logistics of it is just um, but all for a good cause. So that's good to hear. And uh, that one was actually Cameron's third official roving report too. So I think it might be time for the Channel 5 News crew to throw down a challenge for him to earn his ID badge and mic, Gary. I had this conversation with, I think it was Melissa, that I would no longer be the issuer of the challenges because obviously um, history shows when I I had Mark on board that um, (laughs) I'm no good at it anymore. So, yeah, I definitely think it's your guys's. Uh, job to come up with the next challenge. I'm sure that Mel will accept that challenge and have some very creative ideas for uh, Cam to get into the team. Oh, not just Mel. It's going to have to be the whole bunch of you, I think. <laughs> I think we'll. Uh, I think we'll come up with something uh, good for Cam. But he's off to a, a flying start already. He's, he's had some really good reports sent in. So thanks for that, Cam. Really good. It's lovely to hear from the west. It is. It's always great to hear from the west. And over on the east, it was great to hear from Lindor at Southbank Park Run doing a, a roving report light version uh, no interviews but it was it's always great to hear from Lindell. it is time for a little bit of nonsense in the spirit of the Ineos um, 159 challenge I was going to set myself a challenge this week which I didn't have time to do but I, I am going to do it after we finished recording not directly afterwards because it's night time but sometime in the next few days I had an idea that based on some things that some other people have been doing, inspired by the challenge themselves. They went out and they just ran for an hour, 59 and 40, and just to see how far they could go. And some people were clocking up some decent kilometres. I'm still not in running fitness at the moment, so I'm not going to try it running, but I reckon I'm going to do a bit of a variation with two minutes and 50 seconds or possibly three minutes, 18 seconds. I'm not sure yet whether or not I'll go a Kipchoge or if I will go a Kozgai. I might do one of each and see how, how I can do. But I was going to ride my bike and see how far, see if I could even do one kilometre in two minutes, 50 seconds or three minutes, 18 seconds, because that's the average pace that these guys did their marathon distances in. But then I thought, well, you know what? It's logistically a bit tricky for me to get out on my bike at the moment with two small people in tow. I don't have like a little trailer. I can just chuck them in on the back of the bike. Maybe I need to do something a bit more home-based. And so I I started thinking about what kind of different challenges I could do, what I could see that I could fit into those little time frames. And I reckon I might have a crack at 
hot glue gunning pom-poms to felt <laughs> and see how many of those I can do in that time frame. What do you reckon? I reckon you'll get Elliot on that. As long as you don't burn your fingers, I reckon you've got him pipped at the post for that challenge, gluing those pom-poms. <laughs> It'll be a pom-pom PB. <laughs> I reckon I've done a calculation. I reckon I could maybe kept up with him for about 800 metres and that would be, be about all. That's impressive. 800 metres, that's almost a kilometre. That's a long time. Well, he's still got another, what's that, 42 kilometres? That's just 41 <laughs> point something. <laughs> 41.6 if my math is not incorrect, which it probably is, but that's okay. Yeah, people get the idea. He's, he's still got a lot more kilometres to go where he, he leaves you in his Nike dust. But I'm sure the uh, the adventurers will come up with some great ideas and, and share them to the page and maybe take some photos. Maybe it could be a uh, streak to New Year's Day challenge shared there, what everybody's doing. Yeah, it's been too long between challenges, I think. Um, and not just for the streakers, I think anyone to see how fast or how much or or what they can do in that time frame. I want to hear what it is. It doesn't matter if it's bizarre, crazy. In fact, the more insane, the better, I reckon. I like the sound of that. That is good. Maybe I could sing 99 Luft Balloons in that amount of time. I don't know. Well, <laughs> I think the song goes for a little bit longer than those minutes. However, there is probably a whole bunch of instrumental stuff in there that you could just cut out. <laughs> I'd like to hear that, Gary. I would be willing to receive that as an audio submission from you next week. Oh, that! I'll look out. What have I done? I've dubbed myself in here. <laughs> this is how Scotty always got into trouble, <laughs> you know. And look, speaking of this, we 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 haven't gone over it. The last time you were on this podcast was when Scotty was still on hiatus. He was missing. We were looking for him. Uh, and it was the last episode before he came back and announced that he was not going to co-host anymore. And I kind of half blame you for that, Gary, because you did such a good job. He realised you didn't derail the, the car or train or whatever the metaphor was that you used about not crashing your dad's car. That's what it was. You, you did such a good job. He's like, you know what? This podcast could go on without me. So I'm going to kind of half blame you. I take half the credit as well because obviously I did too good a job with the edit that week. <laughs> and he realised that he was not necessary, or he thought he was not necessary anyway. Well, I, I thank you for the compliment, Mel, but um, it's um, it's always a great honour to be on and, and share the podcast with you, to be a co-host with you, and uh, I really enjoyed my time. Well, you definitely didn't crash the car this week either. Well, that's good. That's good. <laughs> but speaking of 99 Luft Balloons, it's actually Scotty's birthday this week. And I think it's on a Friday, which means next year he'll have a birthday on Parkrun Day. Ooh, those are always special. But happy birthday for your birthday this week, Scotty. I hope somebody out there is going to send you 99 virtual red balloons at the very least, if not the real thing. <laughs> hey, Gary, you know what rhymes with balloon? Go, Mel. Typhoon. <laughs> Does it? <laughs> <laughs> was that not the most <laughs> awkward segue ever? There was a <laughs> there was a typhoon in Japan over the weekend, or I'm not sure if it's still there and still threatening off the coast. A typhoon's just the Japanese word for cyclone, 
or is it a different size with different category ratings? Do you know? That's an excellent question. I really would like to know the answer to that now that I don't know. And it's the same. In America, they call them hurricanes. Pretty sure a hurricane is a cyclone. It's the same thing. It's just the different terminology for a different country. We, we just call them twisters here, don't we? Well, aren't twist no. Twisters are land-based, aren't they? Ooh, okay. And that's why, so we have, well, we have willy-willies here. Yeah. And they call willy-willies twisters. Ooh, and, and then there's dust devils as well. <laughs> that might be a Victorian Queensland. I think dust devils is a Victorian thing. Okay. Surely. <laughs> <laughs> they sound like fun. <laughs> but, yes, there was a typhoon in Japan which caused all the parkrun events bar one in the country to be cancelled last weekend for safety reasons. Uh, so we just want to give a big shout-out to our Japanese parkrun family. Hope you're all staying safe and that the clean-up and mess as a result of your typhoon has not been too terrible and that you can all get back to parkrunning again as normal very soon. Um, so Mel, what is the word on the street about the Christmas singlets for this year? I need to I need to find a new adjective for excited, <laughs> Gary, because I feel like I'm just it is the most overused word that I have all the time on this podcast. But that that's what I am. It's oh the design, we're in the middle of the design. I don't know, you might have seen a Facebook post from the Adventurers this week which showed a little screen grab of some of the first stitches of the 2018 Ugly Christmas Singlet and the first stitches have also been cast for 2019. Not just the first stitches but a couple of good solid days of my mother looking after my small people so that I could do some computer time. Um it's oh they're very close and they might they might even be released before next week's podcast they might be out before episode 180 which is pretty cool that's exciting any uh any pre-releases or tips or hints that you can give us of what it might be like oh what did i well last week i said it it's traditional ugly let me think what else can i give away without giving too much away of the design Last year, people said there needed to be more pineapples. So the people have spoken and we have come to the party. I will say that. That's, that's exciting. I don't want to give away any more. <laughs> it's going to be a big unveiling. I'm, yes, very excited. No, that's perfect. We're, we're intrigued and, and as excited as you are now. So that that's great. Thanks for sharing that. That is my pleasure. Now, speaking of which, I do need to go and get finished with my designing. So we might have to wrap this one up. Thank you, Gary, for coming back to join me. It's been fun episode once again. You're such a pro at this now. It's always a pleasure to have you on. Well, the pleasure is all mine, Mel. Thank you so much for having me on as co-host again this week. And uh, all the best to all the parkrun adventurers out there. Happy parkrunning and happy adventuring. <laughs>